This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. This is our Tuesday episode, and we call it Game Plan with the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland. As we tape this, we just finished up the Bob Stoops press conference, and Toby, some unfortunate breaking news with Tay Evans. He'd been waiting and waiting for this opportunity, and unfortunately, concussions end up ending his career. I know the automatic thought is that people think about, oh, the depth chart, what, what is this going to do? But I, I hate it for Tay, for a guy sure. who had fought and scratched and clawed and waited for his opportunity, and it seemingly played well when he got it, but uh, an unfortunate end to his career. Yeah, oh, man. I mean, we started to hear about this being a possibility last week and that the family was uh, discussing things, and, and sure enough, um, I think with the, the help of the doctors, they've decided to be smart. Yep. And um, so – I'm glad that they've made that decision. Uh, all, all of us love the sport of football, but certainly uh, realize that the health of a young man who someday is going to be an old man uh, is much more important. So that's two Sooners that we have lost due to concussion for their careers this year. Jamal Danley before the year started and now Tay Evans. And uh, there are, you know, you, you do need to move forward and, and figure out what that means for this football team. Um, I think the good news is that Emmanuel Beal has shown that, that he's got a lot of talent. And I think we're excited about what we've seen from 14 in limited playing time this year. A whole lot of playing time on Saturday against TCU. And now he becomes a, uh, a pivotal figure for this team. And at a position where you are already breaking in someone new with the graduation of Dominique Alexander, now just a, a – Looks like a little bit more time for Emmanuel Beal, and you start looking at those inside linebackers as well, too. We really haven't seen too much of Curtis Bolton. Maybe an opportunity for him to take advantage of it. And Bob Stoops mentioned the freshman, John Michael Terry, whom we had heard a lot about during the spring – excuse me, during fall camp whenever the freshman first came in. But uh, maybe an opportunity for another freshman to contribute there, linebacker. Yeah, but, I, but I think this all starts with Emmanuel Beal, right? right sure. Well. I don't worry as much about – the drop-off from Tay Evans to Emmanuel Beal as I do the depth issues that that now causes. I yeah, mean, they become point. extremely thin in the inside linebacker position. And uh, if, you know, knock on wood, they don't have something happen to Jordan Evans or Emmanuel Beal because then you then you start to uh, maybe get in a bad spot. But, um, yeah, I mean, in, listen, this week – Injuries are a major storyline for this OU-Texas game on both sides of the Red River. We know, obviously, Tay Evans is out. Looks like Matt Diamond is out, according to Coach Stoops. And Will Johnson, questionable, which doesn't sound great. Um, Sounds like Alvarez Cobb and DJ Ward expected to all be back. That's good news, especially the Alvarez thing. I I think the O-line held up admirably Saturday against TCU. But uh, the return of uh, Alvarez will will be really good for them if they can indeed get him back. And then on the Texas side of things, you know, their backfield is beat up. Chris Warren likely out for the year with that knee injury. He's been big for them this year. 
Deontay Foreman leads the conference in rushing and appears to have an oblique injury. Charlie Strong says they think that they'll be able to get him back later in the week, but that's a storyline we'll keep an eye on. So there is a whole – I think Bouchelle's even a little bit banged up. Uh, but there's a whole lot of uh, injury news that's going to unfold as the week goes along, and you know what that means. That means a whole lot of work for you and uh, our spotter, Greg Blackwood, yeah. in the pregame show on Saturday to try to figure out who's out there, who's not out there. Well, I, I was thinking about I was lamenting the fact that when we ran through the list on Saturday pregame for TCU that I had completely missed D.J. Ward. And he had played an integral role in this defense. But speaking of guys stepping up in an absence, I thought, just based on my naked eye, I don't know what Coach Thibodeau would say when, when he looked at the tape and whenever they were able to grade him out, but I thought Austin Roberts looked really good. I thought uh, Neville Gallimore looked pretty good when given the opportunity. And I thought Amani Bledsoe looked pretty good. So now you look at that with the diamond injury and you add D.J. Ward back in. We'll see about Matt Diamond. Like I said, Coach said he's probably likely out. But you add D.J. Ward now back into that rotation. Toby, that's it. That's helps. a pretty good little defensive line rotation they have going despite the injuries. And Ward and uh, or, uh, Wade and Romar in the middle. Really good. Listen, I think that the defense – and you got to couch this because they gave up 46 points. But Coach Merv mentioned it in the post game. They only gave up what was it, 60 some yards rushing, and uh, Charles Walker had two knockdowns. Uh, Austin Roberts had a knockdown. Charles Walker came on a was it a third or a fourth down try that he knocked one down. I think it was fourth down because they turned it was over on fourth downs. down. Yep. Um, they got the pick. Uh, so if you if you it's the bombs. It's the bombs that haunts this defense and haunt Sooner fans when uh, they look back at that game and, and this year. And I think the uh, cramping by Micaiah Quick hurt them. They didn't have uh, Parrish Cobb to go to on Saturday. Dakota Austin got burned. Um, other than that, and, you know, other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? <laughs> uh, other than the bombs, this defense showed some stuff. I mean, they were able to get pressure on Kenny Hill. He did not complete a high percentage of passes. He just threw the ball a ton, yep. and that's why they – and the bombs really led to him having uh, the high yardage total he had. So that's got to be fixed because Texas is going to throw bombs. And OSU and Baylor and Texas Tech and West Virginia and you name it, in this conference, they're going to challenge Oklahoma deep. Now that they know that the Sooners are susceptible to the deep ball, they're going to challenge Oklahoma deep. And I think Oklahoma's answer is what we saw on Saturday. Blitz. Come after him. Try to make the quarterback make a quick decision and hope that your guys can hold up in coverage and hope that Micaiah Quick and Jordan Thomas, Jordan's been beat a couple of times, yep. get better. I mean, there's not a magical uh, formula that you can go suddenly get Darrell Rivas, Darrell Rivas and bring him in here. So you got to hope that with playing time, Makai Quick gets better, Jordan Thomas continues to get better, and this pass rush gets better, and maybe they'll throw it to you a few more times. I was really impressed with that interior, man. I'm glad you brought that up with Romar and with Wade. In fact, we uh, we got Mike Stoops on the coach's corner this week, which will air on Thursday, and I was talking with, uh, with, with Grant, the producer, and I said, we got to find the video of – I don't know if they ended up as incomplete. One of them was because Kenny Hill wasn't able to throw, uh, step into the throw. But 
when speaking of the defense, that interior push from Jordan Wade at times on Saturday, my word, Toby. And I and yes, I get it. TCU was playing with a backup center, but that's a that could be a huge key come Saturday to make things uncomfortable. And you mentioned the injuries for Texas. Deontay Freeman should play, even though we were all watching in the press box whenever he went down against Oklahoma State. It was a scary play. He came back in the game, but he had a one-on-one with a defender, and he just went down. Uh, came back in the game, looks like he's going to be okay, but they're without Chris Warren, who's been over 90 yards the last three games. So, you know, Texas a little dinged up as well, too. And, listen, this is a Sooner Sports podcast, so we won't spend a ton of time on Texas. But let's face it, the, the house isn't necessarily in proper working order like we thought it would be after week one for Texas right now. After beating Notre Dame, Notre Dame's kind of fallen on their face. Texas has just won and two since then. And for the third straight season, or the third time in fourth season, there's been a coordinator change prior to the Oklahoma game. So it's an interesting matchup on a lot week. of different angles with what's going on in Texas right now. It's a fascinating week for two teams that are disappointingly 2-2 two and two going into this game. And if you are an OU fan, this storyline is nauseatingly familiar. <laughs> You know, right. I mean, you got a Texas coach in turmoil, right? You got a team in Texas struggling coming in to the Red River showdown who needs to win this game to maybe turn their season around, right? How many times have we heard this in the last five years? I mean, it's every stinking year, it seems like. I mean, I think Charlie Strong's first year, it wasn't the case, but. Max last year it was, yep. and he won, and we watch from the press box as they carry him around on a cart, and he's waving at everybody in the Needed back Needed that win to save, his, save job. his job. Yeah. Last year, Charlie Strong on the hot seat. Tough start for him. He, they're lifting him up, and he's wearing the golden hat. And here, Finger point. And here we go again. Texas needs a win, they say, to save their coach's job, at least for now. They're banged up, disappointing this year. Double-digit underdogs, I don't know what they are, but that gummit, it scares, <laughs> it scares the dickens out of me. You know, I mean, it's the I hope that Baker and all those guys in uh, red jerseys, we're the home team, right? Yes, we're Red jerseys Saturday, feel the same thing, that, uh, that they take the fight to them. Because, I, I mean, I think the last three years, Texas, for whatever reason, has come in angry. Mm-hmm. and trying to prove a point. And they've knocked OU around in this game. Even in the game Oklahoma won. They've ran the ball for 416 more combined yards the last three years. They've hit harder. And they've been the more physical, tougher football team. And uh, I hope that doesn't happen Saturday. I don't think it will. But, um, you know, I, I don't blame Sooner fans who are a little gun-shy about this game because the last three years have have uh, not gone the way we all thought they would. There is uh, there has been something so odd about that. I, I don't even know how to truly quantify it or how to put it into words or how to basically describe it because you don't want to say that they were the, the hungrier team. You don't want to question effort issues, but there was just some odd sort of cosmic karma that took place whenever you have these guys who's – I mean – they basically have fired Charlie Strong. I mean, let's just call it like it is. They have, uh, with with the leak that went out to Sports Illustrated, you basically have people saying, oh, yeah, he's out after this year. So 
you know, there's always that thought that it could go. I don't know why I'm talking with my hands so much. I'm sorry, Toby. You got me all fired up now with this topic. We need a podcast it, camera. It's I'm, I'm losing my mind Hand right cam. now. It could go the opposite way, right? If if it's pretty much this guy's gone and there's nothing that can be can be done to save him. Well, I ain't listening to him, and he just he just moved my defensive coordinator. That would be wonderful. Forget him, right? That's what I thought last year, though. But, <laughs> I thought I, last year I, I said these words. If Oklahoma can get out in front of them, Texas might quit. Right, right. Because they're falling apart. And, you know, so we'll Same see. Same script. Same I'm not, script. I'm making no predictions on this game. None. I, I, I think there are three things that are vitally important. One is, like I mentioned, running the football. they got to rush for more yards. And with Samaj P. Ryan and Joe Mixon, you should do that. Especially with a – now, Texas has a good ground attack, but as, I, as we mentioned, they're beat up. Right. So Oklahoma should run for more yards. They have to. Two, they got to be the tougher team. And three, both of these teams are negative four in turnover margin coming in. OU's got one interception. Texas has zero. As bad as we've felt like OU's been in the takeaway game this year, you could argue Texas has been worse. So uh, winning the turnover margin battle, that's an easy one. That's a layup. that You could apply that to every game. But I think in this one, um, it'll be key. I guess I- – Seems like we have a pick six in this game every year. Every year. Zach Sanchez had one a couple of years ago. Texas had one. Yeah. I'm it's, sure there's not, but it does seem like in OU Texas there is one. Uh, and a special teams play the last yeah. couple of Kick years. Kickoff return, punt return. Big one by Alex Ross a couple of years ago. I, You know, I, we're going to have all week long to talk about this game, and I'm not trying to get away from it, but the everything surrounding this game is still there for me. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. It's the best. There's there's so many people that want to be down because this isn't two undefeated teams playing each other. But still, and, and I know this isn't breaking news, but half the stadium in crimson, half of it in bird orange. When the pregame ceremony starts, I, I'll never forget the first year that Coach Kish came out. And we kind of, I don't want to say we do, but just that the, the pregame handshake and the, and the little pat on the back. I remember him saying, so I guess this is what it's all about, isn't it? You know, Tim Kish voice, I guess this is what it's all about, isn't it? And he was fired up. And, I mean, there is just something indescribably exhilarating from just a fan's perspective of being there for this game. And I don't care what the records say. I know it's cliche. And, oh, I'll throw the records out in this game, and that's fine. But from a an emotion perspective and a care perspective I'm right there man I love everything about this game you can't miss it I mean it's Monday so it's press conference day and, right and there's unrest in Austin and there's in Norman what how did you give up 46 points and yeah. almost blow the lead had a four score lead and but as we creep closer to Saturday by the time Saturday morning rolls around and you drive into that state fair We'll be in the press box. It'll still be dark. The sun rises over the Cotton Bowl. Bevo, in the early mist of a Saturday morning, starts his <laughs> 45-minute walk to the other end of the Cotton Bowl. The crowd starts to come in, and that place starts to lighten up, and, you, and the smells of the corn dogs and funnel cakes and uh, gyros and everything that's going on. And you look down, and we get involved in the pregame show and kind of doing our thing and playing audio and reading and we go into that last segment, and there's always this moment where you look up and you go, oh, because yeah. from the last time I looked up, 80,000 people have come into the stadium. <laughs> and it's half red to your right and half orange to your left, and you know they all can't stand each other. And it's always hot. It's an important game. It's just – it's the best, man. It is 
the absolute best. And I wish both these teams were 4-0 and and ranked number one and two sure. in the country. And hopefully we will have that again in the not-too-distant future. But even years when they're 2-2 two and two, and one coach may be playing for his job and both fan bases aren't very happy, I wouldn't miss Oklahoma, Texas for the world. Weather-wise, it looks like it's going to be very similar to what we had in TCU on Saturday, at least for now. There's chances of rain leading up to the game on Saturday in Dallas, but it looks like we'll be good weather-wise. Good news for you is OU's the home team, which means press box side, which means shade, I think, oh for you. Oh, my gosh. That's the great – I'll admit. <laughs> might want a jacket. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I might get cold. Saturday – Saturday was one of those points where I legit was begging the sun to go down. It, and, and it wasn't that it was overly hot. There was just it no was wind. It was weird because you kept saying, and I believe you, how hot it is down there. <laughs> and I'm looking at the thing, and it's 81 degrees. <laughs> and we're in the press box. It's We're all wearing jackets because yeah. it's a little bit chilly in the shade and in the press box. But uh. Micaiah Quick's cramping up. There were guys suff- suffering from heat down there. Because you were in the sun. So, yeah, it was similar on Saturday. It was very uh, – and you looked over on the other side, and there were some coaches in jackets. You're like, this is crazy. Yeah. I, watching Coach Tiffany Bird work overtime, Coach Tiff making sure everyone had their fluids and their electrolytes, and then all of a sudden when that shade hit. No, beautiful, huh? Like music in the background. <laughs> everything. Was, all right, let's get back to one other thing that Bob Stoops said today that uh, resonated with me to wrap up. You know, two guys that seem to be getting healthy. One we kind of knew – in Samaje P. Ryan, and that's shaking off the rust from not not practicing in the spring, getting back from ankle surgery, and then to see the way that he really busted out on Saturday, almost uh, 100 yards. And then D.D. Westbrook. You know, he had his best game of the year, Toby, and that's a guy that uh, Coach Stoops just said in his press conference today had been battling a, a muscle pull, I believe is how he described it. Showed up at full speed. Really, uh, again, there's all kinds of difference makers all over the board for Oklahoma, but that guy had 100 yards receiving in one quarter to show you how much of a difference maker he can be. D.D. can fly and put me in the category of people who kind of forgot that because when you saw him Saturday, you know, the first, the flea flicker, he was wide open. That was just a busted coverage. That second touchdown, he just was running away from guys. There was a couple of times, too, where they threw him that little – Flat pass, yeah, and then uh, Dimitri Flowers and Mark Andrews were out there blocking for him. And there's like a little uh, sliver of daylight that he's supposed to slide through. Boom! I mean, he would fly through that. So I forgot how fast D.D. Westbrook is, and for him to be back full speed is uh, big. I mean, that's big, and it was very encouraging. Even though you knew it was coming, I think we talked about it on this podcast last week. That to see Samaje look like Samaje, to run over people, stiff arm people. Uh, finish runs with opponents on their backs. He gets stronger as the year goes on. And uh, we started to see that Saturday. He was uh, he was impressive. And, and listen, this one-two combination of Mixon and Pirine is awesome. And the only problem is figuring out how to get both of them enough touches. I mean, that's what did they end up with? 40, I think, combined touches or right in that neighborhood mm-hmm. on Saturday. That's a good number. I mean, I think that's that's probably 35 to 45 touches combined for Mixon and P. Ryan is probably a good range to uh, shoot for on a Saturday. You know, the opener, I mean, I know they only carried it 12 times combined. I don't know what the total touches was, but it couldn't have been over 20. So they get up to 35, 45 touches for Mixon and Pirine. As talented as those guys are, as tough as those guys are, that's a winning formula for OU. The only injury situation we didn't really talk about was uh, Baker. 
Mm-hmm. And that's because it doesn't appear like there's much to it, right? I, Bob Stoops said he was in a boot today, but uh, probably not going to practice, but he'll be good to go by Thursday, I think, is where he kind of said here's, he'll start getting back at here's it. Here's what will happen with Baker, okay? <laughs> Baker will – I don't know if he'll miss practice today or not, but he'll be back and he'll be fine. And then on Friday night, a wild rumor will spread throughout Dallas that – Baker Mayfield has had an appendicitis attack <laughs> or something. It happens with the starting quarterback every, every year. Did you hear about Jason White? Did you hear, <laughs> did did you hear about you hear? Sam? Did you hear about Sam Brown? <laughs> Landry Jones, did you hear? Friday night, be ready. There will be a crazy rumor Friday night. All right. Do you have any traditions for OU Texas? Um, no. I mean, I only eat a corn dog if we win. Is that, okay, I don't know if that's that a tradition. That and if, if we win, I may uh, I may put four of those big dogs away because Merv will go find us a Fletcher's in the post game show. But uh, I don't know that I have anything. It's it's just uh, it's great. We get down there early to do radio shows, and uh, that's my one tradition. Down there all Friday and uh, hole walk, up in a hotel room and it's walk, fun. Walk the field in the dark. Walk I love it. that. That's pretty good. That's my favorite thing. How great is that tunnel too? I oh. mean, just when you walk that tunnel, it smells. I don't oh, know if people realize how, oh, that how much that tunnel isn't stinks. The most, uh, isn't well, there's the cows most... and horses in that tunnel. <laughs> but when you when you are there and we get there, ridic- in fact, are we going to have to beg our way in again this year? last two years, it's been pretty easy. We almost had to beg our way into the Fort Worth parking garage early, too. <laughs> Oof. Um, but there's something about being the first people there. I don't know what it is. And then you, you step on the field mm-hmm. and you realize, wow, in about six hours, well, less than that from now, this is gonna be insane. It's old. I mean, it's it, there's a nostalgic. It's nostalgic. You walk into the. There's nothing special about the press box. It's the radio booth is old. And until last year, I think we had a black and white TV that we looked at replays <laughs> on. And, um, but, there's a, there's always a time whenever something goes out. Yeah. Oh yeah. The electricity went out a couple <laughs> of years ago in the middle of the game. Um, but you know, give me a newfangled press box like TCU's got every day. It's fantastic. I love it. But when you walk into the Cotton Bowl, oh. the ramp or the press box or whatever it is, you're like, it just feels like history. And mm. uh, whatever happens Saturday, we'll remember it for a long time. That's what makes this game special. All right, man. Have a great week leading up to it. Enjoy uh, the coaches' show, which will be as this drops Tuesday tonight at uh, 7 o'clock, 6 o'clock with the uh, huddle as well, too. That's right. We'll see you. Come uh, on out, folks. Join us at Rudy's. It's a lot of fun. Have some great food and uh, watch the shows and get you some autographs if you want. Be a good time. We'll uh, be with you on the tailgate coming up on Thursday, and we got a special potential Friday podcast, so be listening for that. We're sitting down with Joe Castiglione nice. on Thursday afternoon. Awesome. So that's all. All coming up on the Sooner Sports Podcast, and until then, Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air.